Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of the Movie Marathoners podcast. I'm your host, Mati, and this week I am joined again by my friend Ian Anderson. Welcome back, Ian. How's life? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still still kicking over here, so can't <laughs> complain too much. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Do you have any uh, tips for things that you've been doing to keep yourself sane? Uh, rewatching the MCU. Yeah. Um, taking advantage of Disney Plus <laughs> in these trying times. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that is incredibly topical. Um, so we are recording on Sunday, April 19th, which means that in a like non-COVID reality, we would have been running the Boston Marathon tomorrow. Yeah. How do, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I'm with the fitness that I have right now, I'm glad we aren't doing that tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> it snowed yesterday. But I, I looked at the, the forecast for tomorrow and it's like a high of 50. Which yeah, is it looks perfect. perfect. It looks like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This so, would happen. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. And I'm sure in September when we're it's been rescheduled to, it's just going to be like either 75 stupid degrees. hot or like <laughs> 15 degrees. There's no yeah. way it's going to be nice again. But, um, you know, whatever. We're taking them as they come. So this week, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing something a little different. We are celebrating the one-year anniversary of Avengers Endgame. So, of course, Avengers Endgame is the 22nd film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's the culmination of the Infinity Saga. And at $2.8 billion, it is the highest grossing movie of all time. Have you heard of it, Ian? I think I have. It's the one, it's the one with uh, the Slytherins, right? Yeah, it's that <laughs> one. Okay. So what we'll be doing is we'll be looking back at the film and kind of how it's held up a year later... And then we'll do a deep dive into the future of the MCU by talking about all the announced properties that are coming in the next few years, as well as discussing some of the potential MCU rumors. We'll try not to get too bogged down in those because they're insane. Um, (laughs) So obviously, I will say here that from the start of the conversation, we are going to be spoiling Avengers Endgame and all 22 of the other MCU films. And in our conversations about future properties, we may have some speculations or things that may end up being spoilers as well. I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen the future with the time stone. Are you Dr. Strange? Uh, my dad's Kevin Feige. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> How's that? It's pretty great. I have some pull there. You know, if anybody uh, has any suggestions for the MCU, I can I can get them in. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, uh, let's just hop in. So just in case anyone has not seen a movie for the last 10 years, I'll quickly read a synopsis of <laughs> Avengers Endgame. So the synopsis is, after the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to reverse Thanos' actions and restore balance to the universe. Avengers Endgame stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, Paul Rudd, Brie Larson, Karen Gillian, Denai Guerrera, Benedict Wong, John Favreau, Bradley Cooper, Gwyneth Paltrow, Josh Brolin, and of course, dozens and dozens of other actors. I actually just included the ones that were in the summary page on Wikipedia, which I think are all the ones that are like technically alive at the beginning of the film. Well, I was going to say, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it doesn't feature, you know, it, it doesn't say that like Tom Holland is in the movie or anything. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, all of those are in there too. And I could keep listing them if you want me to. Uh, yeah, I want you to go through the entire cast. Um, I won't. Yeah, go to the Russos. <laughs> <laughs> you called my bluff. I didn't write any of them. Down. It is written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, which is a very silly last name. And it is directed by Anthony and Joe <laughs> Russo. 
If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because he killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. It's not about how much we lost. It's about how much we have left. We're the Avengers. We gotta finish this. You trust me? I do. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. All right, Ian, Avengers Endgame, I think, was probably a very close to the top of your list of the best films that you saw in 2019. How many yes. times did you see it in theaters? In theaters, I believe I saw it three times. Once with you and I think two other times after that. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen it. Tw- I saw it twice in theaters, obviously, the first time with you. Mm. That was pretty awesome. We saw it opening night in like a big IMAX. We had to sit in like the second row, right? Yeah, but it was still fantastic oh yeah no it was it was amazing <laughs> i loved it so um how many times have you seen it since and like so what's your overall total number of seeing this i feel like it's probably like 10 are you serious i honestly don't know because when disney plus came out i watched it three times that week i watched it once and then i saw that they had the director's commentary so then i watched that one and then after I watched that one, I was like, well, now that I have all this knowledge of what they were talking about throughout their process of making it, I, I want to watch it again with through those eyes, you know, and I did that. And then I also watched it. I've watched it with Maddie, my girlfriend, like twice, I think also. Wow. So, uh, OK, would you recommend <laughs> watching the director's commentary? Is it actually interesting? Yeah, I think it's actually it was really cool. Um, Definitely not a a ton of mind-blowing things that you're going to like you aren't going to come away from it knowing what's going to happen in the future of the MCU or anything like that. Right. But it's really cool uh listening to them and how long they had things planned for. Um and you know how how they planned these things. They used like action figures and built little like replica battlefields <laughs> and like had them move around with little action figures. Like it, little things like that are just really cool to think about. Yeah, that's sweet. Maybe I'll check it out at some point. I have only seen this film twice in theaters, and mm. then I saw it another like halftime, technically, the one time I told you about. My uh, my girlfriend's roommate is doing a whole MCU rewatch, or she just finished, and uh, obviously that culminated with Endgame, and so I like mm. hopped in for different movies when I was around, and she started watching Endgame before I was like at their apartment. So I missed the first hour and only saw the second hour or the or the last two hours. So mm. that's the only time I've seen it outside of theaters. Oh, wow. So when's the most recent time you've seen Endgame? Um, I think it was a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Okay, so almost yeah. a year after it first released. Uh, does the film still hold up? What is there anything that you've noticed that has changed over the times that you've seen them since that first time when I feel like, you know, there's so much hype and objectively the movie is, is a very good culmination to everything. So now that you're away from that, does it still work as a film? It, I think it still works. I'm not going to lie. There have been a couple of times I've gone to watch the movie and I've completely skipped like two hours of the movie <laughs> because 
honestly, if you're not watching the whole buildup and you're not in it for like the entire story of like Infinity War, like before that, like uh, Age of Ultron, all of the things culminating in Endgame, if you're not watching it for all of that, you, I feel like you're not going to get as much out of it besides like the final hour of just like chaos and amazing fights and stuff like that. That's really what I've been getting out of it the last couple of times I've watched it. So you've been watching it more as kind of like a set piece instead of an actually self-contained film, you think? Yeah, I, th- I think so, actually. Um, this most recent time that I did watch it, though, I, I did really enjoy it the entire time before uh, before the final fights. But I think that was because I spent like the the two weeks leading up to that watching other MCU movies like you did. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I enjoyed that more. It was all connected, you know? <laughs> But well, without the connection, wait, without the connection, I guess wait, it just they should. Yeah, they should use that as like a catchphrase. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Wow, you should you should work for Marvel, Ian. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I I need a quote for You're that. Cover can, I, can I quote? Can I quote you? Yeah, yeah. I'll write you a cover letter. <laughs> um. So is is there anything specific that you th- think like doesn't hold up particularly well, or is there a part of the film that drags or anything like that? Honestly, the opening scene is a little weird for me. Mm-hmm. I guess not as much when you're watching it, you know, like I said, watching Infinity War right before um, and stuff like that. But something that I thought was interesting in the director's commentary was that they said that the opening scene with Clint um, and his family and they all get dusted while he's while he's at home. Um, they said that that was like supposed to be at the end of Infinity War, but uh, they thought that that was just like too distracting like clint wasn't in the movie for the entire time and suddenly we're seeing clint they thought that would be a better way to like reintroduce people who might have forgotten things from infinity war yeah like a year year later uh they'd be like oh okay yeah they they all got dusted at the end of infinity war (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but I, i just thought that watching that movie alone it's a little weird well, there's a lot of talk about this film and the mcu in general being like the very very much like a tvfication of mm-hmm. you know franchise movies and stuff and it is sort of like watching the finale of a season without seeing any of the other episodes that lead up to it and i guess yeah. that opening scene does kind of work in the same way that you usually in a finale episode or in an episode after a long break or whatever you usually have um a cold open where yeah it reminds you of the stakes of what's going on or whatever. So yeah, that was the idea. Yeah, that is interesting. And I, I didn't, um, I didn't see infinity war. That's another one of the ones that I missed, mm-hmm. um, in the rewatch. So I immediately jumped in at Endgame right when they were doing the time heist. And mm-hmm. the, I think the thing that, so I didn't get that first hour. That's a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of the kind of results of, like the the direct results of what happens in Infinity War are felt yeah. in that very first hour where it's a lot of like, wow, the world literally got torn in half. Um, yeah. But so I got the second half of the film that was very much more just kind of a romp. And I think it's a really, really still surprisingly enjoyable um, space romp sci-fi kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah, definitely. And that that reminds me, actually, another thing that I guess really doesn't hold up for me is like the first hour in general. Um, I remember seeing this movie in theaters for the first time and they go away and they kill Thanos in the first like 45 minutes. And I remember when we were in the theater, we were like looking around. We were like, what? Yeah. Like, what is the rest of the movie going <laughs> <laughs> right. what, to what, what is happening? And now it's like, OK, I know they're now they're killing Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to the time. <laughs> like, it, it just seems like it's it, it's not as exciting, you know? 
that's not it's one of the things that really only worked for me the first time around so like the um the kind of the unpredictability once it loses that you're sort of just waiting for the good stuff to come yeah exactly yeah i did feel that even in when i only got the last two hours there are certain scenes like them um getting the the tesseract from the uh like secret hydra base or whatever Mm -hmm. it's not a Mm -hmm. secret hydra base but shield base in like the 1970s that whole part is actually pretty important to the if you want to call it the character arc of tony stark where he kind of realizes that his dad did everything for him and he's now a father and blah 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 but in that scene because the things that you remember the most about this film are those big action set pieces it's sort of like okay come on let's get to the part where Thanos starts attacking and it's the it's the same thing with uh natasha's death scene i i there's, I feel no need to ever watch that again. <laughs> Drags yeah. on so much. Yeah. So if you could only watch just a single hour of this film for the rest of your life, which hour would that be? The the last hour for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's no 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 contest. <laughs> so um, actually, let's just talk a little bit about that uh, last hour. And I mean, it's pretty much a battle scene for eighty percent of the last hour. Yeah. Um, does it still hold does does the battle in general still hold up? Do you still get those chills every single uh, time? Yeah, I get chills every time. Yeah, I, that that's probably the thing that struck me the most is I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know that he's going to say Avengers assemble as soon as he grabs Mjolnir and you just I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> yeah, you you can't help it. And I mean, so I watched on a very uh, much smaller screen the time that I watched it at home than at a movie. Mm. So it doesn't even look as great uh, on screen, obviously, as it does in the movie theater. So there's yeah. like a little bit of a disappointment there. And I think some of the colors are a little more muted when you don't get to see it on a big IMAX screen and yeah. things like that. But despite that, it's those individual moments that I think are just so amazing. And yeah. I absolutely love the Thor picking up Mjolnir scene. Like I, cap, I screamed. Cap, cap. Yeah, sorry. Cap. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, everything. It's so good. So well. <laughs> Fan service works there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. There's so many people that say that they hate fan service, but like, I think everybody hates bad fan service. And in this, they just absolutely just nail the fan service. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to point out is that now that we've had a little bit of time to reflect on a whole bunch of other major series ending, um, the chief ones being Game of Thrones and Star Wars franchise, um, Game of Thrones, you don't watch, but Star Wars. I watched the end. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not going to acknowledge that response. Um, you have seen, uh, we, we talked a lot about the end of the Skywalker saga and how yeah. I think we liked parts of that probably more than a lot of other people, but it was still pretty disappointing. And I think mm-hmm. that with how soured that whole franchise has become, I think it's just really incredible that they were able to do such an amazing job with Endgame. Yeah, for sure. It, it's it's crazy that they like on such a large scale pulled it off to the point where so many people love it. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy that is like championing Marvel because, you know, they're insecure about it being cinema or something like that. And I'm not doing that. Um, and it's like, I, they also don't need my championing because they made $2.8 billion with this movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> There is something that like I I am every time I watch it or every time I think about it, I am consistently amazed that it actually did what it did. And I don't Mm. think it can be undersold. 
or oversold. Yeah, I don't think it can be oversold. Like it is truly an amazing accomplishment. So yeah, talk about sticking the landing there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> More people need to stick the landing. <laughs> so before we uh, move on to the future of the MCU, I just have a quick question for you. If you had to change one thing about the film, just like big or small, what do you mm. think you would change? Yeah. Um, so can I do one big and one small? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. of course. <laughs> <laughs> my, my big change that probably wouldn't have been received well is splitting Endgame into two movies. Really? I thought there there were a couple things that could have been done a lot better if they expanded with more characters. Especially, I, this goes into my small things, but I have a big problem with the Hulk as yeah. everybody as everybody does, I think, who's a yeah. Hulk fan. So you, uh, you mentioned that the last time that we talked about this, I think, too, just being upset with the Hulk. And I think... There, so there's something really cool about them jumping five years into the future. I think mm-hmm. that's a really bold thing to do in a film like this. And yeah. it's cool to see those changes. But I agree that there is a huge missing Hulk arc here. So if they split the film into two separate films, do you think they would sprinkle in things from that five years and you would get to see that Hulk arc? Is that what you're looking for? Not just Hulk. Hulk was like the biggest example. But, um, you know, what happened with Wakanda, like were to assume that like Shuri was killed off screen. We don't, we didn't know that she's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they revealed in some interview that she was dusted or something. Um, and Okoye was supposedly the leader after all of this, but like, we didn't ever get any sort of confirmation of that in the movie. Um, just sort of the whole thing of what like cap and, uh, Natasha had been doing. I feel like there's a lot there that, they didn't really need to expand upon, you know, it, some things worked with the five year time skip, but other things I'm like, I, I didn't really know what was going on for a lot of it. Like why people were doing certain things after the five years. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I could also see them. Well, no, I mean, it, it might be interesting to have like a, within that five year film after the fact or something yeah. like that. I, I mean, I don't know how well that would work, but I don't know if I would want it now, but yeah, <laughs> So, I mean, what about your thoughts on maybe like Black Panther 2, for example, dealing with the fallout of the king and queen suddenly being gone? Yeah, see, that's one of those things. I feel like in so many MCU movies, they do leave so many questions like that, and then they answer them later down the line. This is just me complaining with not knowing what's (laughs) happening. Like, they could very easily answer these things. And have planned to answer these things for a while, but but I, I'm just complaining about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Like they could have they could have a solo Hulk movie. They could do stuff in She Hulk. Um, there's so much they could do. They they could have had tons of plans of to reveal what happened with Hulk and Banner. Um, but I, I I'm just unhappy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I no, want it now. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um. So my change, I think the one thing that I would change is it's a really small thing. And I think overall, the film does a really good job at living up to the legacy of the MCU and kind of paying homage to everything in the film, even some of its like questionable low points like Mm -hmm. Thor the Dark World. But I would have liked to have seen nods or cameos or something from Phil Coulson and Quicksilver. Yeah, Quicksilver for sure. I I really thought that he was going to be in that movie. Yeah, I I was so convinced that they were like at some point in Infinity War or something Thanos was going to bring back old villains 
or yeah. something and Quicksilver was going to be one of them. That's what I thought too. And I, I would still really like to see more Quicksilver. And I understand that there were some problems with him being kind of like the poor man's Quicksilver because the Quicksilver in Days of Future Past is so interesting. But I, I don't know. I, I really like uh, whatever his name is as an actor. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson. And I really think that <laughs> the like loss of a brother should be more impactful on Scarlett Johansson or Scarlett Witch than it actually yeah, is. Yeah, definitely. Like it's insane. Like <laughs> it, I remember there's one scene in Endgame. I think it's at the end after the funeral or something where she's like, they they both know that we won. And she's not talking about her dead brother. She's talking about Vision, the android robot she's known for like two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's weird too. And I, I hope that WandaVision fixes that a little bit by having him play even some small role or at least reference it or something. Yeah, but, honestly. You know, who knows? That, that just reminded me of another tiny thing. Um, just nitpicking little character things like that. One of my least favorite parts is Spider-Man activating instant kill with his Iron Spider suit. <laughs> that that just seemed like such an un-Spider-Man thing to do. Yeah, but Ian, they're humanoid aliens. They're not. Oh, they real were CGI. People. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're CGI. It's fine. You can kill aliens because they don't look like us. They're different. Yeah. It's he's fine. never killed a person. Yeah, he can't be tried for murder. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's crazy. Like the Chitari are all just like living things and they just like murder them left and right and it's like okay. yeah captain america also kills a lot of people in like the winter soldier that was a striking thing that i noticed oh on the yeah rewatch. i was like, fine with that he does that in the comics too yeah no i mean it's badass but i was just like sort of surprised all right let's move on to the future of the mcu so what we're yeah. gonna do here is we're gonna talk about all the films and properties, including the Disney Plus series, that are s- slated for release in the next couple of years. And for this first part, we're going to try and focus on what we actually know about these films when we're talking about them, and then tr- and try to avoid like wild rumors or anything. We can mm. make our predictions of what will happen, but we'll not be like, "Oh, this is for sure happening because of X Y Z on 4chan said blah blah blah." So um, all of these dates and everything that I have that we're going to be talking about, they're all from the Rotten Tomatoes editorial by Eric Amaya. Um, So if there's dates that are wrong, I'm sorry. I just (laughs) I looked at one article for um, research. So I'm going to call you out on Twitter if you get anything wrong. Yes, please do. It's good. (laughs) It's good for uh, publicity. All right. So we're starting with phase four. And uh, the first film on the slate is Black Widow. So. Thanks to Corona, this was pushed to November 6th of 2020. It is directed by Kate Shoreland. Uh, she is a filmmaker that has made three films that I've never heard of. Somersault, Lore, and Berlin Syndrome. Oh, Lore. I, I know that one. Really? Yeah. I think I think uh, my, my girlfriend Maddie's watched that. Um, yeah. It was based off a podcast or something. Oh, okay. I think I, think I might know what you're talking about, but... Anyways, so uh, Black Widow obviously stars ScarJo and then also Rachel Wise, Florence Pugh, and David Harbour. And we do know that this takes place after Civil War. So this is not a prequel to the entire MCU, although I could imagine that there will be some um, probably flashbacks to either whatever happened in Budapest or her time at the, you know, 
whatever that thing is called. The Red Room. Yeah, the Red Room or whatever. And then it seems like the villain is most certainly going to be Taskmaster, although we have no idea who's actually under the hood there based on the trailers. Yeah. So, uh, Ian, are you looking forward to Black Widow? Um, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still looking forward to it. Um, but I don't know. She's never been that interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so based on the trailers, it looks like, a pretty standard Marvel film where it's mm. going to be like, that was good, but nothing that's going to blow me away. And I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping that now that the character has literally no future with the MCU, that maybe they can let her do some things that yeah. are a little more unconventional. Does yeah. That makes sense. I, I'm hoping it sets something up for Florence Pugh to come back. Oh, yeah, that'll be cool. So, I mean, that's that's pretty likely, I would say, is that Florence yeah. Pugh is going to be with future Black Widow or something like that. Are there iterations in the comic book where it's somebody other than Natasha Romanoff? Do you know that? Yeah, there are a couple. Is there a specific one that you think Florence Pugh might be? Yeah. Would you care to share Do you them? want me to say? Okay. <laughs> I think her name is Ye- Yelena... Be- Belo- Yelena... Uh, Yelena Belova. Bless you. Um, she's just uh, another Black Widow, pretty much, and they like switch off a couple times and they fight a couple times. I can't remember if they were actually like like I remember in the trailers for the new Black Widow movie they say that they're like sisters or something like that. Um, and I don't know if that's just like yeah we're sisters, you know, in heart. No, I'm pretty sure it's that. I don't think they're actually sisters. Yeah, because I, I don't remember that from the comics. I could be wrong, but I, yeah. I don't really read much Black Widow. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to it in the same way that I yeah. look forward to basically any movie. And it's not like I'm not looking forward to any of these things, but I would say Black Widow is pretty low on the list just because it yeah. seems to be looking backwards instead of Me too. moving forward. I'm most looking forward to Taskmaster, I'd say. I think he's yeah. a really cool villain. Yeah, he is. He's he's in a uh, couple comics that I've read, like a couple comic runs that I've read. And mm-hmm. I love that he is sort of like... A villain, but he also plays the role of being a hero or kind of like helping the good guys sometimes. Yeah. So I hope he's around uh, in the broader MCU. Me too. Yeah, I hope they don't kill him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he may feature in the next thing that's going to pop up, which is the Disney Plus series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, so that was slated for late 2020. I don't know if there's been production delays or anything like that because of coronavirus, but it's possible that this could get delayed as well. So this is directed by Kari Skoglin, and she did, she's done a couple different things. Uh, she's directed some episodes of Boardwalk Empire, and I think the interesting one that she did is the season one finale of The Handmaid's Tale. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty dark and fucked up show, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that the season finale makes it, seem like she's pretty good or she's probably pretty good at dealing with um there's a lot in that season finale that's kind of like not espionage so to speak but a lot of secretive actions and things like that yeah exactly what we want for this show yeah so this is starring sebastian stan anthony mackie and then daniel brule is coming back Mm -hmm. as baron zemo i can only assume that you're excited for this film for this oh yeah i'm very excited i've got even more excited once i saw the budget for the show what's the budget 150 million is that like total? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That uh, there's no way it's per episode. <laughs> yeah, no. But um, that's just so much money. <laughs> yeah, I I really like that they're gonna be actually putting 
like a ton of money behind these things because I think 25 that, million a show an episode wow. 25 million an episode yeah. wow so what we're getting six episodes I think so that's that math. makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I mean I think the good part about that is that six episodes is enough that like you can actually do some interesting character development but it's not so long that I feel like we're gonna have the problem with the Netflix shows where there was these filler episodes that kind of nothing happened I yeah. feel like everything's gonna be really purposeful here I'm hoping that this is very much in line with the um like the feel of the winter soldier which, me too that, that's what i'm looking for yeah which on rewatch in this last run that i did i was just amazed by how well the winter soldier held up and how different it feels than a lot of the later mcu yeah it does because i feel like the one thing that people complain about the mcu all the time is that oh it's the same thing they're you know they all feel the same and i feel like because people say that, I've kind of retroactively put a lot of them into a much narrower box than they mm. actually are. I think the later films tend to be very similar. And when you think of films like Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp and Avengers uh, Age of Ultron, those ones all seem very similar. But there are a few that feel really distinctly different. And I think The Winter yeah. Soldier is one of them. It's very gritty. The tone is very different. <laughs> yeah. And People die a lot more than in other films, and I, I don't know. I also really love Daniel Bruhl's character, and I think this is going to be fun. So at the end of Endgame, Cap gave uh, Falcon his shield, and but Falcon seemed pretty not confident about taking the role of Captain America in the future. He was he was like, "There's only one Captain America." Uh, how do you feel that's going to shake out in this show? Do you think do you think he's going to become Captain America? Do you think it's going to like shift to Bucky? Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, it felt like in The Winter Soldier and Civil War, it became more and more apparent that Bucky was going to be the next Captain America. I think mm. that's been a long time coming of Cap passing down his shield to somebody, and it felt like The Winter Soldier was the way to go. And then at Endgame, I remember I expressed a little bit of disappointment when we um, saw the film for the first time and talked about it that... I mean, it's really cool that Falcon gets it, but it does feel like Bucky is the one that makes the most sense, narratively speaking. Uh, and then you brought up an interesting point that it's like, well, you know, Bucky may also want to retire. He's been in the game almost as long as Steve has. Yeah. Um, and maybe Steve is giving it to Falcon because he recognizes that Falcon has something to prove and, mm -hmm. you know, he can build into the role. So I could certainly see the end of this being... The or you know like the last episode being the time that Falcon fully becomes Captain America. Yeah, there. I mean, there are a couple of reasons I think that Falcon deserves it more. I mean, uh, for for one thing, nobody in this world seems to like Bucky well, because yeah. he was the Winter Soldier. <laughs> nobody trusts him. Um, and also, he's just like a ticking time bomb, pretty much. Like if somebody could reprogram him or something, like. Captain America would be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I guess the, the weird thing, though, is that the Falcon doesn't have any, like, powers, right? Yeah. The Winter Soldier is still a super soldier. He can mm -hmm. run just as fast as Captain America and stuff. But the Falcon, I mean, he can fly, so that's cool. But he doesn't have all of the, like, super soldier-esque stuff that True. Uh, Captain America would want. But I, I th hope that, that, that the film does address all of that. Or not the film, yeah. the series. I hope the the series deals with the Falcon not being ready. And I hope it's not a contention between the two so much as it is like a partnership. And yeah. that the Winter Soldier is like guiding 
Falcon into the role and things like that. I think that'll be really cool. Maybe they'll cut the shield in half and both be Captain America. And then when they join forces together by clinking the shields together, they turn into a Megazord. Yeah, no, they be- they become Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Falcon controls like the left half, and Winter Soldier controls the right <laughs> half, and they have to like awkwardly walk around. Yeah. It's like the Quap Runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Qwerty, right? Qwerty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just flopping around. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about this series also because it'll be the first Marvel series. And as we see, there's a ton of them coming up. So I think this will be a really good proof of concept. And I hope it they blow it out of the water. Yeah, me too. So the next film on the Dosset is The Eternals, or I guess it's just Eternals. And that has now been pushed from November to February 12th of 2021. So this is the film directed by Chloe Zhao who directed The Writer, which is like an indie darling film. I have not seen it. I will certainly check it out before watching The Eternals. And this film stars just like the most stacked cast ever, or at least since Avengers Endgame, which was a year ago. Um, So it stars Richard Madden, Gemma Chan, Kumail Nanjiani, who is buff now, Brian Tyree Henry, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, and Richard Madden. Um, Ian, do you know anything about The Eternals? I know very little, just that, like, whenever they're mentioned in comics, they're like, these are pretty much like some godlike beings, pretty much, like another version of Asgardians, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in the comics, at least, they were, uh, they were the ones that sort of created the Inhumans. Oh, really? Which I don't think they're going to stick with in the MCU, because I think they said the scrolls did that, right? Or the Kree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Although they could do like some revisionist bullshit or something. They could. I mean, so I think the Eternals is going to take place like distant, distant past. Is that correct? Um, And in the comics, I think also the Eternals, are they the same people that kind of like bring superpowers in general to Earth? I think so. That's what I'm remembering. And that's sort of how the Inhumans came to came to be. Yeah. and I don't know if they're going to like, this is just me speculating, but I could see them using that to bring in the X-Men and mutants and stuff. Oh, interesting. if they already have, if they already have in, in humans and they can't do that, they're basically the same. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I mean, like Inhumans technically exist, but they've never been addressed in a movie ever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, so I guess most people don't know about them. Yeah, they, they have some wiggle room for sure. But uh, yeah, this is certainly a, a mystery box for me. I think I had pretty high hopes for it because I think, you know, it's a really interesting cast and a really interesting director behind the yeah. film. Um, I'm hoping because this is such a like under known property that they will just let Chloe Zhao do whatever she wants. Kind of like they let James Gunn just do whatever with the first Guardians film. And I think they have to with, with that. Yeah. yeah. And this is just like a pretty batshit and really cool movie. Um, I don't know if they have plans to make the Eternals like really pivotal moving forward or if this is sort of just like, well, we'll give her this. And if things work out, things work out, work out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I think in general going forward, my hope is that all of these films play it significantly less safe than Marvel and specifically Disney have been doing in the last couple of years. Yeah, I was going to say that late, later in the little docket that we're going through um i i think they are going to be more daring seeing the characters that they're bringing into the mcu now like 
they have to be pretty ballsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know certainly that Brian Tyree Henry is playing the first openly gay uh, male or Marvel uh, hero. And mm. apparently he has a scene where it is explicitly addressed and hopefully in a way that cannot be, you know, just cut out for Philippines release or whatever. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed with that one. Um, so later in 2021, we're going to get WandaVision. So mm. I believe this was supposed to also come out in 2020 this year, but now there's been significant delays and everything because of, you know, Corona. So it's now likely going to be pushed back to 2021. And this is the series on Disney Plus directed by Matt Shakeman, who is known for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's an executive producer there, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. <laughs> and then he also directed a bunch of episodes from Fargo and uh, season seven of Game of Thrones. All over the place. Yeah. So... This one is, of course, starring Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda and Paul Bettany as Vision. And also, it is starring Tayana Paris as an old Monica Rambeau. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Just in case nobody knows who Monica Rambeau is, she is the little girl from Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and in, in the I don't know if this is a spoiler, I guess it is. But she she becomes another version of Captain Marvel in the comics. Okay. Okay, so she's an actual character. Yeah, she takes she takes over for a while as Captain Marvel. This just seems like a very bizarre choice to put in this show. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure where they're going with that because it seems like a weird place if they're on the track to make to make her a super person. Why this show? <laughs> because it's, it seems like it's going to be so focused on Wanda and uh, Vision. There you go. It's in the name. <laughs> Good job. Wait, why do you think it's about Wanda and Vision? Okay, now you're making fun of me, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, but what? Uh, what's her name is also in this show. Um, the girl from Thor. Am I? Am I wrong? I I feel like I heard that. Um, that funny girl from Thor is in this. Darcy. Yeah. Cat. I heard she was like a neighbor or something. That's wild. Oh, I think you're right. And isn't also I should have should have looked this up. Um, isn't also Catherine Hahn in this as well? Maybe I'm thinking of Catherine Hahn. No, I, I think you're right. What Cat Dennings? Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings. Yeah. Yes, Cat Cat Dennings will be reprising her role. Yeah, and so will Randall Park. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so this is going to be a weird freaking cast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's going to be a really weird show. So. Yeah. This is another just really like it could it could go all over the place. This could be really loony or I'm hoping it's a little spooky and like mind trippy, not so much in the Legion sense, but in the way that like I really I like hope it's going to be a bit disturbing. Yeah. 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 So I I guess I could have asked you this earlier um when we were talking about Endgame, but do you have kind of a favorite non-main Avenger? Does Captain Marvel count as a main Avenger? Yeah. Does Spider-Man? Yeah. Okay, then I guess Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> they really, really just led you there. I mean, so also, I mean, for me, it's also Wanda and uh, also the Falcon. I really like uh, Falcon, but I think Wanda has a really, really cool power set that they're mm -hmm. only just mentioning briefly with, yeah. yeah and so i really hope that they get to play around with her a lot and i think she's a really mm -hmm. fantastic character and i also love elizabeth olsen yes agreed on all of those fronts 
<laughs> All right. So then May 7th, 2021, we see the second film from 2021. That is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So this is directed by Destin Daniel Creighton, who directed Short Term 12, which Ian, I still think you have not seen. You should No, I did that. see it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Well, this film like predicted the rising stars of both Brie Larson and Lakeith Stanfield and Caitlin Deaver and there's one other person but film's really good so Mm -hmm. i am i mean i don't know how much the film suggests that he can direct a kung fu film or martial arts yeah i mean i i have no idea what this movie is gonna be (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean shang chi's character can you tell us a little bit about him uh not not really i mean (laughs) not beyond what you just said he's a martial artist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fuck. Um, I, I, no. Um, I know that he's a New York hero, at least in the comics for a while. He teams up Spider Man a lot. Okay, but he's a martial artist, not like a mystical kind of guy, like Iron Fist or anything. I, I think he is sort of mystical, but um, not in the same way that Iron Fist is. Okay, because the Legend of the Ten Rings very directly references the Ten Rings that the Mandarin uses. And for Mm -hmm. people who are unfamiliar with the comics, the Mandarin is the villain from Iron Man 3 who was found out to be a fake um, being played by an actor who was played by Ben Kingsley. So that was a fake version of the Mandarin. And now, in addition to Simu Liu, who is playing Shang-Chi and Aquafina in some unknown role, Tony Leung, never heard of the guy, but he is going to play the real Mandarin. And... The real Mandarin uses rings that are mystical. Yeah, I know, I know more about him, yeah. Yeah, because he's a mainly an Iron Man villain, right? Yeah, he is. But most of his rings have, like, elemental powers and shit like that, right? Yeah, they each have, like, a weird power. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know why they don't just go after those instead of Infinity Stones, but... Yeah, so do you think this film is going to be more mystical, or do you think they're going to keep it more grounded and make these rings some sort of, like, tech-based thing? I think it's going to be more mystical. I would as, I would assume so. It seems like that's uh, going to be a big vibe in this phase, like with WandaVision, um, Loki, and uh, Doctor Strange. Okay, yeah. So you just mentioned the next property that's coming. This is going to be Loki, which is the Disney Plus series by Kate Heron. She has not really done much. Um, she directed a few episodes of Sex Education, and that's mm-hmm. about it. I think this is a good place to point out that Almost all of the directors of all of these properties that we've talked about have been people of color or women or both. And I think that's something that is a really positive change in the MCU. I mean, if you look back at the previous three phases, a majority of them are directed by white men. So I think this is really, really cool that all of the, the main properties going forward are directed by people of color. Yeah, it's awesome. So anyways, Loki is obviously starring Tom Hiddleston. My understanding is that it is going to be based on the version of Loki that stole the Tesseract in an alternate reality in mm-hmm. the time heist of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Is that? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the one that we know is dead yeah. as far as we know. Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, of course, it's also starring, apparently, Owen Wilson. So Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. I I, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. 
Owen Wilson. He could just be playing himself. Yeah, right? yeah. So I, I was going to say, Owen Wilson seems like the type of actor that, like, I could not imagine him being a character that isn't just like Owen Wilson. Yeah, you exactly. know, <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know what he's doing there. Like, unless he's in heavy, heavy makeup. But other than yeah. uh, like, otherwise, I'm just going to see him and be like, that's Owen Wilson. I mean, it was the same as Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum was just Jeff Goldblum. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And he, he, but he was like a a mystical. So yeah, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. We'll see. All right. So then we'll just move along to Spider-Man three. This is on July 16th of 2021. And this is directed by John Watts. He did cop car. If anybody has seen that, but also obviously the previous two Spider-Man films. So fun fact, he will actually be the first director to complete an entire trilogy in the MCU. Woo. So we don't know anything about this film. I'm presuming it stars Tom Holland and Zendaya. Uh, the title has home in it. Yeah. That has been confirmed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's written in the docket. You see it right oh, there. Did not see that. No, I'm just kidding. So go ahead. Uh, so do you have any guesses on the name? Not beyond just memes. No. <laughs> like like what? Work from home. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man 3 homework. <laughs> I think it'd be great for it to be Spider-Man home for the holidays and then just make it an unapologetic like Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would actually kind of suck because I, I'm really excited for Spider-Man three because I yeah. think the end of Spider-Man far from home is just amazing. Yeah, and it, it sets up so wait. much cool stuff. Um, I, I just can't honestly think of any other phrase besides home from ho- home for the holidays that has home. In um, it. Homeward bound. There was one I saw. It was like um, home homeless. I think that they might not use the word homeless, but I think they might go along with that vibe of him not having a place that's safe for him right now. Like running from home. Yeah, that, probably not. Spider Man homeless. <laughs> <laughs> but just because you know his secret is out there, and unless they like somehow reel it back in, Spider Man no he's, place he's, like home. Yeah. And maybe that that's a good one. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, but no. <laughs> All right, anyways. I, yeah, I'm excited for it though. Yeah, I think I think this is probably one of the ones I'm most excited for. Um so that is the third film of 2021, but we are not done yet. On November 5th, 2021, we get Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So this is directed by Sam Raimi, who did Spider-Man 1 through 3 for Sony, and then also the Evil Dead franchise. Um, this is, of course, starring Boopadoop Snoop Snoop and Chiwetel Ejiofor. And then also, I believe it's been confirmed that Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch is in this. Yeah, it has been. I'm still really excited for this. I'm more hesitantly excited now that Scott Derrickson isn't there. But Yeah, so Scott Derrickson directed the first Doctor Strange, and then he left the property... It seems on pretty good terms, at the very least. Yeah, due to, like, creative differences, though. Yeah, which is weird that Sam Raimi decided to come on, because Sam Raimi had a lot of problems with Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Um, In terms of creative differences and things like that. And I think that's why, ultimately, they rebooted it, because Sam Raimi didn't want to... Or he wanted to do something specific for Spider-Man 4, and Sony wanted something else. So, I am... Not totally certain that Sam Raimi is going to stick, honestly, which could be. I, I hope he does. He seems really excited about it in the interviews I've seen. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, I, I just hope that this film goes crazy. Like, 
absolutely yeah, batshit crazy. This is like the point where they like either have to like commit to doing like crazy multiverse stuff that's gonna like conv- confuse a ton of people, or like they have to just or they're just gonna play it safe. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean it, it's a toss of the coin. Like I feel like a lot of times with these things, we're told things that like oh yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Doctor Strange two is gonna be a horror film. Never mind. No, it's not. So yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic on this one. I think the ceiling is really really high but it's a pretty like unlikely ceiling i think yeah yeah i would agree all right the last 2021 property or potentially 2021 we don't really know too much about this one is Mm -hmm. the what if disney plus series which is animated and is directed by brian andres who was a storyboard artist for basically every single mcu film so this is a film starring jeffrey wright as the watcher and my understanding of it is like the comics, it is just mini episodes of what if something different happened in the Marvel yeah. universe? Let's play it out. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I love what if comics. They're really fun. You know, like like what if uh, T'Challa was taken by Yondu instead of Peter Quill? Is like that stuff like that. that. Yeah, that's one of the ones I heard. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That would be so sick. So the first one I think is pretty safe in my opinion. It's the what if Peggy Carter became Captain America. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be really cool. But man, if they do a T'Challa in Guardians of the Galaxy, that would be really cool. Yeah, but that's that's another one of those uh, things that's just like the possibilities are endless there. (laughs) They could do do anything, especially if it's animated. Yeah. (laughs) There's just going to be crazy stuff there. But we're also confirmed that any characters in that – that were already in the MCU, they're going to be using the voice actors of like the actual actors. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I knew Haley Atwell was Peggy Carter. Pretty surprising that like Chadwick Boseman would do that for T'Challa. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I lied. There's one other potential 2021 property. This is another Disney Plus series called Hawkeye, and we really know nothing about this. I don't think it has a director or anything yet, but it is starring Jeremy Renner. And somebody, they're still looking for that somebody as Kate Bishop. So Ian, Kate Bishop is usually an Asian-American woman, right? She's a young girl who is kind of like Jeremy Renner's apprentice archer, correct? Yeah, yeah. They They have a really fun dynamic in the comics, at least. I'm really excited for Kate Bishop. Cool, cool. So you're excited for this film, or I mean show in general? Yeah, I think so. Um, And I, I, this is... I guess an, another speculation, but Kate Bishop is always in the West, West Coast, and so is usually Hawkeye in the comics, and they start uh, the West Coast Avengers in the comics Ooh, together. That'll be cool. And right, so like usually She-Hulk is in that and stuff like that too, right? Or no? In the West Coast Avengers? No, I don't think so. Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to cut that so I don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> All right, so uh, we just went through a lot of properties for 2020 and 2021, of those properties that we just talked about, what are you most excited for? Ooh, it, it's tough. I feel like uh, either either Multiverse of Madness or Spider Man Three. Um, it really it really depends on like, I guess after seeing the first trailer for Multiverse of Madness, yeah, <laughs> I, I need to know where, what what they're doing with that because if it's playing it safe, then I'll I'll be more excited for Spider Man Three. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I'm most excited for Spider-Man 3 and then probably also I'm really excited for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mm. really hope that doesn't let me down because I yeah. will be very frustrated with Disney Plus if it does. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think overall everything looks pretty good in the next two years. Mm-hmm. So then we start 2022 with Thor 4, Love and Thunder. So yeah. this is directed by Oscar winner Taika Waititi, who yeah. of course did Joe, I almost said Joe Ragnarok, Thor <laughs> Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit, uh, as well as What We Do in the Shadows. So Jojo Rabbit was the film that he won Best Adapted Screenplay for uh, at mm. the 2020 Oscars. All fantastic movies. Yes. Taika Waititi is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a gem. It's God's gift to Earth. So this is starring Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, and somehow they brought Natalie Portman back. So the rumor is, of course, or I guess we weren't talking about rumors. I think this is confirmed. It's confirmed. That Natalie Portman will take up the mantle as Thor. Yeah. And it's unclear if there's going to be two Thors or if it's going to be like, you know, in in the comics, um, what's her name? Jane Foster. Oh yeah, in the comics, Jane Jane Foster takes uh, picks up Mjolnir and becomes uh, Thor after Thor Odin's son becomes unworthy, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if they sort of backtrack with Thor's growth from Endgame and make him unworthy now, or if uh, they're just going to be two Thors. You know, if one of them's going to have Stormbringer and what the other one's going to have Mjolnir. And also, what wait, what do they have Mjolnir? They don't have a meal near. Oh yeah, because Captain America took it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't multiverse of madness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we're talking about a movie that's over two years away. Nope, nope. I can math. It is a little less than two years away. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that could change, and who knows what happens with Scarlet Witch and her random ass powers and stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm not sure if you mentioned it. I might have just zoned out, but uh, Christian Bale's been confirmed as the villain for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he's going to play Beta Ray Bill? No, I don't think so. I don't think Beta Ray Bill is going to be a villain. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I he he was confirmed by Taika to exist in this in this though. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, he's not going to have a giant part. He said though. This is a super tangent, so I'm sorry for this, but. Thinking Great. about like what doesn't <laughs> exist in this world anymore, do they? Does Doctor Strange even have a the Eye of Agamotto? Mm, no, it was destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry, sorry. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, there are no more Infinity Stones in this world, in this universe, right? Yeah, yeah. and no uh, Mjolnir because Taika was like, oh, I'm just gonna break that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Natalie Portman becomes Thor. Doesn't also Jane Foster in the comics become Thor and like have cancer at the same time? And Yeah, that's why she has a really hard time sort of uh, stopping being Thor. Because every time she transforms into Thor in the comics, like her cancer gets worse pretty much. Right. That's what I remember. I doubt they'll go that route. Yeah. And it would also seem really weird because we haven't seen Natalie Portman in so long and we will just be like, Oh, okay. She has cancer. Yeah. (laughs) Also the MCU has been a lot less cancer filled than the Marvel comics have been. So yeah, very true. I mean, well, Peter Quill's mom, had Peter Quill's mom, Sora space cancer. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was space cancer. (laughs) Well, no, it was, it was real cancer. Oh yeah. But I guess it was caused by space originated cancer. Anyways, let's move on to phase five. (laughs) Um, So phase five is a healthy mix of shows and movies that have no dates and then sequels. 
So Black Panther is on May 6th of 2022, again directed by Ryan Coogler, who did the original Black Panther as well as Creed, which is an amazing movie. I'm really excited for this. We obviously don't know anything about it, so mm. there's not much we can talk about it there. Um, there are some seeds being spread or planted in Endgame about there being an earthquake off the coast of Africa, which corresponds potentially to Namor and the city of Atlantis. Yeah. Um, I think that would be cool to see in Black Panther 2, like a yeah. Atlantis versus Wakanda kind of thing. I can't tell if they like are going to save that, though, until they have the Fantastic Four in the MCU. Oh, because Namor is usually a Fantastic Four villain, right? Yeah, yeah. You but, know. I mean, they, they go... They mix and match in the MCU. And also, Black Panther was technically a Fantastic Four villain first, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. True. (laughs) All right. So then just two months later, on July 8th of 2022, we get Captain Marvel 2. So this is, for all intents and purposes, starring Brie Larson, and the original directors are not coming back. Mm. um, And we have no idea who the director is. Yeah. Any thoughts on this? I feel like they could do a lot of different things with this movie. Honestly, they can make it a they can make it a Guardians movie with her and the Guardians. They could have her going on her own in space, doing things, doing like space patrol-y things, or they could just have her like starting the new Avengers on Earth. So, if you had to guess, do you think it would be like during the split between 1999 to the present, or is it going to be one that takes place in the current stuff? I mean, again, this is two years away, so. I hope it's current. I, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't mind flashbacks to what she was doing, you know, either in the five year gap or between the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind any of that. But I, I really hope it's the majority of it is in the present. Um, and dealing with the ramifications of Endgame and stuff. The one thing that I think is going to be difficult for them to figure out is going forward. Captain Marvel now has the Superman problem, where she is so powerful that. Sometimes it is difficult to understand and conceptualize yeah. problems that can't be fixed just by, oh, why don't you just do this? Yeah. Um, and especially now that the only thing was able that was able to stop her is that dead. we've seen so far is, uh, I mean, the power stone and that is destroyed. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> uh, no, no. Thanos is nothing. If he didn't have the power stone, he'd be done. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean, but I mean, Superman movies wouldn't be able to happen if he didn't have some sort of, not just like weakness like Kryptonite, but like some sort of stakes involved, you know? Yeah, but so- They can, they can, they can make stakes pretty easily, I feel like. But so isn't the main thing with Superman that, well, A, he's got Kryptonite, which is kind of a cheat code, uh, but B, a lot of the conflict with Superman comes from his- unwavering resolve to always do the right thing and he has people he cares about and blah 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 people problems i feel like captain marvel does not have those things at least in her current iteration that's yeah no that's that's true she doesn't have those things she sort of (laughs) does whatever she wants (laughs) yeah and i mean i think that's part of her character that makes her compelling but yeah i'm just wondering what they're gonna do and i'm i mean like i trust them they'll figure it out yeah it it is interesting thinking about that because yeah i don't know yeah i'm excited to see though so then we get guardians of the galaxy volume 3 finally directed by james gunn who of course did guardians 1 and 2 
And this, I'm presuming, is starring all the Guardians. So we've got Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillian, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, and then whoever else is going to be in there. Yeah. Thor is confirmed to be in it. Oh, he is? Yeah. Sweet. And vice versa in, in uh, the Thor movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I think they said it was just like small parts, but they were going to be in them. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. As Guardians of the Galaxy. As Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and another thing that has been confirmed by James Gunn on Instagram Live is that a Guardian will die in this movie. So, probably Rocket Raccoon. Oh, you think so? I mean, I don't think they're going to kill Gamora again. And I don't think they're going to kill Chris Pratt. Um, Nobody really cares that much about Drax, I don't think. And James Gunn said that they're going to expand on Rocket's backstory in this movie. Yeah, it sounds like a recipe for disaster for Rocket. And like... And, like, you can't really kill Groot. And the world would riot if you killed Groot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Plus, Bradley Cooper's got to get back to his singing career, so. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the the next couple things that we're going to talk about are just really quickly. We have very little information about them, and there's no actually confirmed dates for any of them. Uh, the first one is an Ant-Man 3 has been confirmed, again, directed by Peyton Reed, who, yeah, whatever. I mean, he directed the first two Ant-Men. That's about wow. it. Yeah, cool. The heist movies. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> um, yeah, so this will be starring Paul Rudd and then, of course, a very apologetic Evangeline Lilly. So, uh, whatever. I hope I hope they finally, like, make this as weird as it can be. Yeah. Like, I hope it's a lot of Quantum Realm shit because they keep promising, like, yeah, it's going to be all about the Quantum Realm and Ant-Man and the Wasp. And it's like, no, it wasn't. There was one scene in it. So, whatever. Next thing, we've got Blade, which it seems like the star Mahershala Ali just kind of willed into existence. (laughs) He was just like, hey, Kevin Feige, I'm two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali. I want to be in a Blade movie. And Kevin Feige was like, fuck, sure. (laughs) Hey, can I be Blade? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, well, Mahershala, there's not really any supernatural vampires or anything in the MCU. So can I be Blade? Yes. <laughs> make, make them. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll that'll be great. I believe it's a movie. Yeah, I think so. And so then it's just going to be getting even weirder in the MCU with vampires now. Sure. Unless, it's of great. course, it's on some sort of banner that is not directly correlated to the MCU. Oh. Uh, you know, like like Marvel Dark or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Who knows? We well, could do that. Eh, we'll see. Uh, so we've got a couple Disney Plus shows. We've got Miss Marvel which is yeah. following Kamala Khan. Um, so that is, she is the first uh, Muslim hero, correct? Yeah. So, and she's from New Jersey. Congratulations, Ian. Woo, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, only, the only other comment I have about this is that Feige has said that she will be in her show and then show up in the movies. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you know what Kamala's powers are? She can like grow and stuff. She can like grow and... I remember in the beginning of her comics, she was able to shapeshift, and then they just sort of were like, that's sort of broken, so they got rid of that. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she can do that anymore, but she's, like, super strong and stuff, can grow, shrink. Okay, cool. Uh, so then we've got Moon Knight, which is another Disney Plus show, and this is yeah. following Mark Spector, who is, like, Batman, sort of. I mean, sort of, if Batman had, like, multiple personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, was infected by uh, an Egyptian spirit. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, it's like an Egyptian god. 
Oh. And that just becomes one of his personalities. I did not know that. It's a pretty weird show <laughs> or comic. Okay. I hope it, I hope it's going to be weird. So I know he's a lot like more R-rated than yeah. a lot of other films. Do you think this can work in a non-rated R setting? Yeah. I mean, they, they make things work like that in the comics all the time. There aren't going to be like R-rated things happening in a crossover between Moon Knight and Spider-Man. All right. True. Okay. Would you prefer to see it R-rated? I, I honestly I honestly don't really care. Okay. Yeah. Great discourse. All right. I think it can work. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last one of these Disney Plus shows that they just spit out at last year's Hall H was She-Hulk. Uh, so this is going to be following Jessica Walters. And I yeah. believe Bruce Banner should be in it as well as potentially Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo said that he is like working his way into that movie, having Hulk in the movie uh, or in the show. And something that I thought was really cool about uh, the She-Hulk is that I, I saw the casting call for, for She-Hulk and they described that they were like, like looking for somebody who could be a future Avenger. That's awesome. It's all connected. It's finally happening. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Quake will show up. Oh. Rip. No, she won't. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. She's like dating Logan Paul, right? No, they broke up a while ago. Okay, good. That was dumb. Yeah. Anyway. I think she knows that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, although there are no actual confirmed dates for any of those films, there are slated movie dates that are unconfirmed films. Those are October 7th, 2022, um, February 17th, 2023, May 5th, 2023, July 28th, 2023, and mm. October 3rd, 2023. So in 2023, mm. there will be four mcu films and it looks like yeah. there will also be four in uh 2022 so i can presume that of those four release dates they are probably guardians of the galaxy ant-man 3 and blade mm -hmm. and then one other film my guess would be maybe fantastic four i hope so that'd be awesome i really want them <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i guess you could also potentially see like a deadpool 3 somewhere in there mm -hmm. uh with ryan reynolds oh, yeah. so yeah who knows all right, so should we hop on the rumor treadmill? Yeah. So a grain of salt with all of these things is completely required. Uh, I want to start off with a absolutely bonkers, ridiculous rumor mill just to show that like there's a rumor for literally anything and everything. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to get confirmed sources on any of these things. And most of the stuff that like actual sites report on are from like unnamed 4chan or reddit users and stuff <laughs> it's kind of bullshit okay so i'm gonna summarize this uh whole string of rumors and let Great. me tell or you should tell me what you think the likelihood of all of these things coming true is okay okay <laughs> the first rumor is that chadwick boseman is reportedly not happy with marvel and as a result kevin feige is planning to replace him as the premier Marvel black superhero with a black version of Namor. This is allegedly substantiated by an Instagram post that reveals that Chadwick Boseman has lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I saw that post. And also I, I heard the rumor. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that continues. Um, the Fantastic Four will be introduced and we'll start out with Reed Richards and Susan Storm being married and purchasing the Avengers Tower from Tony Stark. Sue will become pregnant with Franklin Richards, 
But the twist is that Franklin Richards is actually Namor's son from an affair that she had in the marriage. Uh, and that means that Franklin <laughs> Richards will, it gets better. So uh, that means that Franklin Richards will be mixed race, which is important because Franklin Richards will be a young mutant that a young version of Professor X and Magneto will fight over. Um, both Professor X and Magneto will be portrayed by people of color. And the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, and the remaining Avengers will team up with Professor X to fight Magneto and some other unknown villains who will be trying to use Baby Franklin to bring back the Infinity Stones, with Namor and Atlantis being a third party added to the mix. So I was on board up until Franklin is Namor. I could see all of that beginning stuff happening, them buying, like, I could see a throwaway scene that they do with Tony Stark buying buying the Avengers Tower or buying it from Pepper or something like that. But So wait, wait, so when you say you were on board with everything, you mean you were on board for the first sentence. Yeah, yeah. And you lost, I lost you after the the second sentence. Like half the first sentence. Yeah, Yeah. but... (laughs) I could see something similar to that happening down the line. Um, That's pretty much what happened in Avengers versus Mm X-Men in the comics. Um, They were fighting over somebody who was going to uh, one of one of like Scott Summers and the Phoenix's children was going to be possessed by the Phoenix force and the X-Men wanted to take care of it on their own. And the Avengers wanted to get involved, and they fought over that. It's similar to what that rumor is, but I, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't think anybody knows about that yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is ridiculous, and this is all from, like, a 4chan guy or something. Um, I think this also points out, at, I don't want to dwell too much on this, but this points out a problem, quote-unquote, that a lot of people have with what they perceive the Marvel universe going in a more like politically correct and diverse route and i think this rumor has these kind of like you know replacing quote-unquote premier marvel black superhero Mm. with a black version of namor is Mm. like it seems like this whole thing is trying to stir up like some sort of resentment in those types of people that don't want to see race changes and things like that yeah. professor x and Magneto, yeah for sure which i personally have zero problem with um mm. so i i hold very little weight to this particular rumor and i think it's actually pretty um it's in poor taste i think in a lot of it yeah and i think it feeds I on agree. the people's fears of marvel quote-unquote doing sjw bullshit or whatever yeah even though hiring women to direct films is nothing close to sjw bullshit (laughs) so it's just hiring people yeah (laughs) yeah yeah getting diverse voices you should try it so any more rumors yeah yeah i've got i've got a better rumor so um this one comes from mcu cosmic who is ran by jeremy conrad so he's yeah he's pretty legit yeah yeah he's he's a smart guy he doesn't have rumors that are just like bullshit like that one was so this one is that charlie cox is returning to the mcu as daredevil yeah. Um, so this comes from a couple different sources. I think Charlie Cox confirmed it, or not confirmed it, but kind of like alluded to the fact, but Marvel hasn't yeah. made any official thing. Um, and one of the potential ways that he could be coming back is as a lawyer for Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3. This was mm-hmm. based on something that Kevin Smith said on a podcast. I don't have that much, like, I don't want to say respect. I have respect for Kevin Smith, but I don't hold 
his word with much weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't believe that because of Kevin Smith, but I, that does sound like a really realistic thing. Yeah, and I would I would absolutely love that. I, I was thinking either Daredevil or um, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, was going to represent him. Do you think if she were to represent him, she wouldn't be She-Hulk yet? Ooh. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like pre... Yeah, pre, pre She-Hulk? Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so it's also likely that Punisher will be returning and maybe Jessica Jones and Luke fit, uh, Luke Cage. There has been some thoughts that Iron Man may be rebooted in Shang-Chi. That again feels like a rumor that's like, wait, I, Iron Fist. Yeah. What did I say? Iron Man. Oh, whatever. Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. Iron Fist might be rebooted in Shang-Chi because of the like poor reception to him. But uh, yeah. that seems like one of those like rumors that sort of just made up by people who think they know what the internet wants kind of things yeah i feel like if anybody from that group isn't gonna return it's gonna beat the punisher oh you don't think so i mean i i would love for all of them to and i think it would make sense if all of them do because they were all uh you know it's not like agents of shield like people saw these shows yeah (laughs) oh man (laughs) savage (laughs) i mean actually though no yeah and i i do distinctly remember though that when punisher got canceled people were pretty actively upset like more so certainly than jessica jones and luke cage and probably maybe even a little more than daredevil i think the punisher specifically speaks to um an audience that does not care for a lot of the other marvel shows just because Mm -hmm. it is a very like hyper violent hyper masculine kind of show um and like eminem tweeted about it do you remember that no i don't eminem was like at netflix big mistake (laughs) (laughs) wow Um, thanks eminem yeah so if he makes it back we'll we'll, we know who to thank yeah yeah (laughs) um all right i just got two more short rumors um one of the rumors is that recently john krasinski has met with marvel that's been confirmed, I thought. Or yeah, so so that is confirmed, but the rumor is, sorry, that he is suspected of being of playing Reed Richards and that Emily Blunt would play the Invisible Woman. Yeah. I'm so on board for that, but also he could have been cast as anybody. Yeah, and he could also <laughs> just meet with Marvel for like a director thing. Yeah, true. Like it could just be like, oh hey, we're meeting with a buttload of people to see Mm. if they want to direct movies in a couple years john krasinski's famous um yeah i'd be on board with it too it's a very um tame casting thing it's like almost expected so i wouldn't be i wouldn't hate if they like didn't get them but i mean john krasinski and emily blunt they're fantastic actors so whatever yeah i i agree all right last rumor josh whedon has also met with marvel specifically allegedly about fantastic four Oh, I hadn't heard that. This is according to John Campia, who's a YouTuber, and uh, eh. <laughs> okay, you know sometimes he's sometimes he's good, other times not so much. But um, you know, this could be just about like Marvel meeting with Joss to talk about what direction they should take the characters because yeah. Joss writes comics. Um, or it could be like in a directorial or writing um aspect. Do you think he would make a yeah. good director for Fantastic Four? I don't know. I have feelings about Fantastic Four. I was going to get into a bit later, but but I I I don't think so. The Josh Trank film is a masterpiece. We should just incorporate <laughs> that into the MCU. <laughs> yeah, my hot take was uh, they're just going to 
make make that movie canon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh all right. Yeah, well I mean I wouldn't I mean Josh Whedon is better than a lot of things, but I it's a pretty uninspired choice to me and I would really like yeah. an original filmmaker. No, nah, mm. that's kind of mean. It's not that Josh isn't original, but you know. No, right, I get it. I want something different. All right, so uh let's just round this out. I thought it would be a fun little exercise to pitch each other some future films and TV shows. Yeah. And you know, we can go in as much detail as we want. And then we have to pick between them. So you can pitch me two films and then I'll pick one that we are going to make in our world. And the other one will be lost forever and we'll never see the light of day. Great. Right. (laughs) So I've got two. Do you want me to start off or? Sure. Yeah. All right. So here's my first film. I am pitching The Incredible Hulk 2. So this is where. Oh, great. So you're incorporating the first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I like the first one. Fuck you. Okay. So in Incredible Hulk 2, Bruce Banner, as Professor Hulk, he starts to lose control and he slowly becomes the Incredible Hulk again. So in an attempt to regain control, he seeks help from the leader who was played by Tim Blake Nelson in the first Incredible Hulk. And there was like a little scene that showed him transforming into the leader. So the leader manages to separate Banner from Hulk. Um, But then because of that, He's he's actually like fully separated Hulk from the character of Banner. Um, mm-hmm. So the leader starts using the Hulk for his own purposes. So as a result, Banner has to enlist the help of the Abomination to help take down the leader and the Hulk. So we finally see, in my opinion, what I think is the coolest part about Hulk is like this rampaging monster. Um, so he would actually be the villain of the film. And yeah. Banner, Bruce Banner, would be the hero. I like that. Okay. My second thought is a lot less detailed than that. It's just Daredevil <laughs> and Spider-Man. That's the name of the film, I guess. <laughs> um, and the so the two heroes, they just have to work together to take down, in my mind, Wilson Fisk, Bullseye, and Craven the Hunter. Yeah. That's exactly what I wrote down. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, pretty much word for word. <laughs> well, so, I mean, this is coming from, I think, that Craven the Hunter would be hired by Wilson Fisk. And I think yeah. Bullseye, I think Wilson Bethel plays him in season three is just like mm-hmm. an amazing performance of bullseye oh yeah he was he was great so he has to come back but um yeah all right so the incredible hulk 2 or daredevil and spider-man which one would you pick i mean daredevil and spider-man <laughs> well okay we had we had two very similar uh pitches okay well so then i'm not gonna pick your daredevil and spider-man but whatever whatever let me let me hear your pitches okay yeah so my daredevil spider-man one was pretty similar at where they team up to take down Wilson Fisk. But I didn't think so far as like he was going to hire a uh, Craven. That's a pretty good idea, actually. Yeah. I was really hoping um, like Doc Ock somehow just because I love Doc Ock. Oh, so you just want to see Into the Spider-Verse, but in live action? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Craven makes much more sense in that situation, though. Um, but they have just such a fun dynamic in the in the comics. Um and in the animated TV show that I grew up watching. But, yeah. And my second one was also very similar to your Incredible Hulk one, just because I think we both felt that we needed more Hulk. Wait, your other one was also Incredible Hulk? Yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but mine mine was Wolverine versus Hulk. Ooh, that's cool. It's it, the same vibe as you with, um, you know, Prof- Professor Hulk sort of losing control. And uh, I didn't have them separate in 
what I was thinking. I just want him to lose control, just sort of go ape, but still have the intelligence of Banner making him more dangerous. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they can stop him is sending Wolverine after him to track him and stuff. Because okay. those two are those two have some pretty crazy fights. All right, I like that. So if you picked my Daredevil and Spider Man, I will pick your The Incredible Hulk too, and then wow, we get you. both of them. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Um, but th- there was also a, a there was also another one that I thought of. Um, I didn't write down though. You can't. There's only two. No. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it just one Time of my favorite stories. Do you have anything to do? No, I don't. Do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite storylines from the comics, one of the, one of the first ones I read was called Annihilation. Um, it's what it it was called Annihilation in the comics. It's, it's like a storyline sort of like Infinity War. Oh, okay. It's with this villain called Annihilus. It's clever. Yeah. He, he, he's like sort of a, he reminds me of Ultron, but he had, he's like part dragon, part bug also. Oh, okay. Um, but he he's like a Guardians villain, and uh, there is a really cool team up between the Guardians and Nova, and Nova is also one of my favorite characters, and I really want him to be introduced. Nova, if you know, if yeah, if you know much about Nova, he's a uh, I know very, very similar, very similar to Captain Marvel powers wise, just toned down a bit. Yeah, I I think that would be really cool. Just a Guardians like sort of Age of Ultron movie in space. Yeah, that'd be cool. I am looking up what Annihilus looks like online, and he's creepy. I feel like I described him pretty well. Yeah, he, he looks like the Green Goblin, kind of like a robot Green Goblin. Oh. Yeah, but it, that's just a, that's just a storyline I, I want to see. What's with purple being like a villain color? Uh, purple bad. This guy's purple. Thanos is purple. Galactus is purple. He's also green though. Barney is purple. <laughs> Barney, yeah, one of the most famous <laughs> Marvel villains. <laughs> Oh, all right. So, um, do you want to pitch two TV shows as well? Yeah. All right. Give me your two shows. Um, and this can be for any character like Sony or Fox characters also or whatever. And I guess we'd presume that this would be on Disney plus. Yeah. So my sort of hot take is that I want, um, Fantastic Four to be a TV show, not a movie. Oh, wow. Maybe introduced in the movies, but I think their stories are so much better suited for like a sort of serialized kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So why? Why them specifically? Just because really what they what they do is they just go on random space space and time adventures. Um, and I feel like that would much more like they, they aren't always in like the sort of big Avengers team ups kind of thing. Um, as everybody else is, they sort of do their own thing, um, much more low key, just exploring, um, inventing stuff. And I, I feel like that much more fits the vibe of TV shows. So would you envision it as sort of like a Mandalorian esque show where each episode is sort of its own little yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I'm, what I'm picturing, I don't know if you've ever seen Dr. Who, but pretty much Dr. Who. Okay. I've seen one episode. It's like every every episode is a different like self-contained space adventure. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. What's your second show? I was thinking like do you know the Champions? Oh my god, yeah. The Contest of Champions or whatever? No, 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 not Contest of Champions. Oh, it, it, man. It, it's a team, uh the Champions. They're like sort of a more teen Avengers kind of thing. Oh, okay. 
like like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, that that Spider-Man, and Ms. Marvel, and a bunch of like young people, like a young Nova. They join the Avengers, and they don't like being sidelined because they're younger, so they go out and form their own team. And I think that would be really cool in the same way that like Runaways works. Except like not that bad. Yeah, except not bad. Yeah, at, with budget. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I watched the first season of Runaways, and I was just like, this show is just a soapy drama with mm-hmm. a CGI dinosaur. <laughs> Which... Yep. I mean, there's worse CGI dinosaurs and there's worse soapy dramas. But anyways, um, yeah, Champion sounds cool. I was thinking like it would be so sick to just have Contest of Champions where just every episode you pluck two heroes. That would be really cool. And you just make them fucking fight. I feel like they could do that in What If or something though. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like a Contest of Champions animated show even. Yeah. 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 That would be so sick. That would be really cool. All right. So of those two shows, I'm going to pick the first one. I don't remember what you said. Fan four stick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess that's fine. I, I don't. I'm not like super in love with the Fantastic Four, so I, I don't really care what happens to them. And neither I'll am I, which makes it. much more sense for throwing them into TV. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so my two TV shows. The first one I have is an alternate reality version of Scarlet and uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are searching for their father, Magneto. Ooh. Like globe trotting the two of them trying to find Magneto who's on the run with the Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah, that'd be fun. The second show is I think I think Don Cheadle is a really cool character as War Machine mm-hmm. and I would like to see more of him. Yeah. So this is a War Machine uh a War Machine show that stars Don Cheadle running military ops for the US government. So this would be a lot more uh, realistic, but I think it would still have that kind of goofy charm that Don Cheadle has. So it'd be a little funny, but I think that you could really get into some really interesting yeah. themes about the U.S. government's control in certain areas of the the world and mm-hmm. really interesting themes like that. And I think yeah. War Machine would be a character that people wouldn't care that much about so that you could get away with some pretty interesting things. Yeah, I'm on board for the War Machine. Boom, you looking for this? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something that's like subtly stated in Endgame, but not really explored as much where Rhodey's character is like, doesn't feel complete unless he's in the war machine because he can't control his legs without the help of technology. And I think that would be a really interesting thing that you could explore in a like long format, like a TV show. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Hire us, Marvel. We've got your <laughs> Incredible Hulk 2 movie. We've got your Daredevil and Spider-Man movie. We've got your Fan 4 Stick TV show. And we've got your War Machine show. And we've got nothing to do right now. So, add us. <laughs> Hire us. We cost much less than whatever Chadwick Boseman's asking for in that rumor. Yep. <laughs> I'll play Black Panther. Actually, I, I should not play Black Panther. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, so uh, this has been our Avengers Endgame one-year retrospective. Ian, it's always good talking to you. Of course. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, you should follow me on Twitter. I'm really funny. Um, you can follow me at iAnderson on Twitter. The the O is a zero. Yeah, and that wordplay is something that you would... That's just a taste. Y- yeah, you can find more of that on the account if you're uh, if you're interested. It's brilliant. Thank it's brilliant you. stuff. 
Thank you for joining me, though. It's, this has been a great talk. We definitely went way over an hour. Hey, you know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the intro music for this episode is a piece called Work by Kevin McLeod, and you can find more of his work at incompetech.com. If you'd like to keep up with this podcast and find out when we release new episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at MovieMarapod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MovieMarapod. That's Movie, M-A-R-A, pod. And you can always reach out to us at our email, MovieMarathonersPod at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast on Podbean at MovieMarathoners.Podbean.com. And we are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. So please subscribe or write a review if you like what we're doing, and any feedback you have to help improve the podcast is always appreciated. So thank you all for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time when I am joined by Ashley Burnell to review Chris Hemsworth's new Netflix film, Extraction. Until then, bye. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.